what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.tv. Brothers in Tech is our ongoing technology discussion show with a real focus on home, family technology, uh, things that you may be able to use in your everyday life as you work with different new technologies or new tech you want to introduce into your family. And I am one of the two brothers in tech. My name is Alan Jackson. With me is the other brother in tech, my brother, Brian Jackson. How are you doing, Brian? Good, Alan. How are you? Yeah, we're here. doing great, doing great. Here we're here once again. Kind of, yeah, another. another episode, another opportunity to expand some knowledge and information out there across the brotherhood of, of, of tech or sisterhood of tech. Again, we, we don't discriminate in any way, shape or form, but uh, this is the show was really designed to where we could get together and be talking technology in hopes of helping those individuals out there that are listening that either find themselves as that default go-to person, it person in your family, whenever somebody is having a technical problem, you find yourself being the one contacted or maybe you're the one doing a little too much contacting out to somebody else when you'd like to l- learn a little bit more about this uh, technology on your own. So that is what we're here to do. And every month we get together and talk about a, a different topic, a different subject matter. Uh, we record a main episode, which is what we're doing today. And then we also record some deep dive episodes that follow afterwards that get a little deeper into the subject matter. So if you're interested, you can keep listening to those additional episodes and get deeper and deeper with us into some of these topics. And Alan, I do I do appreciate that you continue to try to say all of these grand goals that we have for this podcast where you know it's just you and I chatting, right? That's all that's all this is for is we're recording the fact that this is what we talk about, this is what we do. We're just finding an excuse to to get together <laughs> with my brother. So yep. I yeah. uh, we, it's the, we only way, it's the only way I can get together with you, right? Is to, to actually right. formally create something that you and I can. You chat have to about. schedule a podcast recording on our calendar <laughs> for us to get together and officially uh, have a have a brotherly chat. So here we have. Are. We even so, posted any of these, or is this literally just? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We were actually gonna we were actually gonna share these out uh, on the internet. I yeah. forgot to do that. We'll so do that yeah. next time. We'll do that next time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alan, uh, so we're ready to jump into a new topic. Uh, I'm excited about uh, this topic that we'll spend the next month on uh, because this is something that uh, both you and I have kind of dabbled in in the past and, and spent some time in, and your uh, your son has done some uh, some work in this area as well. So I think this is going to be exciting for us. We're going to talk about digital photography, and uh, you know, photography is something that um, a lot of people seem to have some interest in. There's lots of different directions you can go with photography these days. So I think this is a great time to do this. Um, and quite honestly, I was as I was doing some research for the show, I was thinking to myself, if we would have done this 10 years ago, this episode would be dramatically different, right? I mean, it would be oh, this absolutely. no-brainer of, well, there's a big difference between one type of photography versus another type. And uh uh, interestingly, there's the the difference has become less and less, or a little harder to define. So, uh, so maybe that's that's exactly why this show is going to be needed. So, so we're going to talk about digital photography today. Uh, I think our first episode will be a kind of our general overview of digital photography, 
and specifically talking about kind of the, uh, uh, the directions that you can go in terms of the equipment for that photography. So we'll talk a little bit about the, the mobile phone and some of the great cameras that come with that, and then talk about kind of more standalone cameras and the distinguishing mm -hmm. factors between those. So uh, future episodes, I think we'll follow up on, you know, a little bit more specific on each of those platforms, as well as some of the uh, the additional accessories and things that may be needed. So, so let's talk about yeah, some digital yeah. photography. Yeah. Well, and our hopes are that with this conversation, I mean, maybe you're a, maybe you're someone who's wanting to dabble a little bit more into digital photography than you have been so far, or maybe you've got a family member, maybe you've got a, a son or a daughter that is interested in photography. And now you're trying to look at and help them look at some options that they could get into. Whatever it may be, we just want to kind of cover the broad options. And then again, in our deep dives, we'll go a little more in detail on, on each one and give you a little more specifics on some things to know or, or better understand about that, about the ins and outs of digital photography. So, so yeah, Brian, let's go ahead and start with, uh, let's, let's start with the first kind of category, probably the one that you, as you alluded to, if, if we had recorded this 10 years ago, this would have been a much shorter section we'd be talking yep. about. And yep. it is using your mobile device, your smartphone uh, as your, your camera. Um, kind of camera photography, some people are calling it, or mobile photography. Yeah. And uh, again, like you said, 10 years ago, uh, it was purely in the hobby level where just, hey, I just want to quick uh, grab a quick shot of me, yep. uh, a selfie doing something, or I just want to, you know, get a quick little uh, family photo, but nothing that needs to be high quality. But Things have really changed in yeah, the last several years. They have. This, you know. And I think, Alan, I, I'm not even sure I would have called it photography 10 years ago. I mean, I think at that point it was, there's a way to take pictures, right? There's a way. It's like it's like having a Polaroid, right? Saying there's a way of taking pictures that you certainly are not doing for the artistic sake. You're doing it for, you know, keepsake, right? Well, now that's that has certainly changed. Um, and uh, for, well, some, for someone who believes in real photography... It, yeah. it, it's almost sad how well you can do with a with a phone camera these days. But uh, but I'm telling you, there's some really good stuff that you can do. And I'm not and, I, and the decision between that and a real camera is becoming a lot more challenging. So, so. well, it, it's kind of followed the same pathway that, you know, a lot of other uh, creative outlets in the past have followed where you have the more analog vehicle, which has always got the highest quality mm -hmm. and just the, the best outcome. But then the digital version of it comes along and starts out slow, is, is is way far behind, but eventually does come pretty close to catching up. We're going to talk yep. about the same kind of concept when we get to video mm -hmm. and another topic. Same idea about shooting video on, on, on mobile devices now. But with photography, you are getting close. Now, I think we're going to learn as we talk through that we're, we're, not, we're not at parity yet. We're not at right. parity between traditional cameras and, and uh, mobile cameras, but it is getting closer. And if we were to record this again in three to five more years, who knows where we're yep. going to be at that point. So, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about what are some of the things that really make a mobile, if you're someone who's, who makes the decision to say, look, I'm going to go and I just want to focus wholly on the camera I have in my hand, which is my phone. That's going to be my, my camera source. And I want to be a photographer using uh, my mobile phone as my camera. What are some what are some things that we're we're able to uh, in, enjoy with this? What are some advantages that that this this brings going this path as a photographer? Yeah, well, I, for me, it's the the first one is 
just the fact that this is something that's always on you, right? I mean, the beauty of having your camera built into your phone, and we know that hardly anybody leaves their phone behind these days. Uh, so it's something that you always have. So uh, there's no need to plan for a photography outing, right? You're always on a photography outing. You always have an opportunity to be able to take a picture. Um, so I think the accessibility, the fact that it's always on you, the fact that, um, you know, you don't need a, a special bag to be able to take your equipment with you, um, to be able to, to capture a, a picture, I think is really great. I think there, uh, along with that, um, this is something I, I actually hadn't thought about until I was just saying this accessibility issue, but, you know, the fact that uh, a lot of photography, especially things like street photography, where you're going to go um, kind of in a, a downtown area and just take some kind of uh, uh, shots that, you know, might be naturally happening in the world. You know, there's a big problem when you pull out a massive camera and everybody knows you're taking a picture, right? The uh, The beauty of the phone is it's something that's a little more hidden. You can easily kind of pull it out and take a picture without kind of drawing a lot of attention to yourself and uh, maybe distracting whoever you're taking the picture of. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's the, the size and the uh, the portability of it make it really, really attractive, right? Yeah, now that's not to say that you couldn't have some accessories to go with your mobile phone, mm -hmm. you know, a tripod or other things or even lights, you know, all that's still possible. But I think what you're saying, I agree, is in most cases, just having the camera by itself, something that's already in your pocket or already in your hand, um, you can get a wide variety of, of photos that are good uh, just from the native camera itself. And that's all you need. Yeah. There's just not that need for having a lot of other accessories if you don't want them. Right. Um, yeah. So that uh, to me, the, the, what someone has always said the phrase, I don't, I don't know where to credit it to. I've just heard it so many different times that the best camera to have is the one that's that you have on you. Mm -hmm. In other words, you know, if, if I'm somewhere and something is happening and the only camera I'm going to have is my mobile phone, well, absolutely. That is the best camera I can have for that situation. You kind of apply that to a broader scope. If you're going to have this with you everywhere you go anyway, and you want to be ready to take a shot anytime you see something interesting, then having goes kind of going all in on mobile photography makes a lot of sense to say, that's going to be my route. That's what I'm going to do. And that's, that's, that's where I'm going to put all my energy into learning and getting better with. So that's a really good statement. Um, did you, did you, did you make that up? I no, I absolutely yeah. did not make that up. I, I would believe me. I would, I would have, I would have <laughs> led with that statement. I would have led with that statement early in the episode if it was mine and made sure you knew it was my statement. Nice. But, nice. Um, so another thing I think is important to note about kind of an advantage of if you decide to go the mobile photography route, that I'm going to use my phone as my primary camera for photography. One thing you gain from this um, is the ability to have your phone and, and camera then connect with mm -hmm. other people, with other sources, whatever it may be, because you're now on a device that is connected to the internet in some way, shape or form through Wi-Fi or cell phone signals. So then you have the option of sharing photography with other people very easily. Uh, you have the ability to upload images to online sites or, or places to have them saved very, very easily because you're able to tap into some of the capabilities that the phone has outside of the camera. And uh, that's, that is an advantage. I mean, that's something that the camera phone kind of brings to the table is that it is now 
a camera sitting inside a device that also does a lot of other things. And you can, there's a lot of ways to integrate that. Right. Hey, I just snapped a photo and I want to send it as a text message to all of my friends. Well, you can do that because you're on a mobile phone as a camera. Um, would not be able to do that in many other ways as easily. No, uh, as not you as can easily. Do on a mobile phone. No. Yeah. No, a lot of the, the, the more, the newer high end kind of cameras will have Wi-Fi enabled to them, but they're really not Wi-Fi enabled to be able to go and share on a social media site or something or to text right. someone They're they're to get it to your, to your computer easier so that you can then edit it. So uh, you're exactly right. They, now, I know a lot of photographers that would think this is the very frustrating part about mobile photography. Well, there's a lot of things I think that that hardcore old school photographers might think is frustrating. The fact that people snap and send so quickly that there's kind of this lack of forethought, there's lack of uh, uh, kind of processing that's going to go on to, to really make an appropriate picture. But but that again is kind of the that's the whole thing that's happened with digital photography, right? I mean, it used to be you had a you know, we had twenty four pictures maybe on a roll that you could take, and you had to be very very cautious about how you're going to use those. Well, now there is no limit. You can take, delete, take, delete, um, and that's a beautiful thing about photography. It allows everyone to jump into photography without having to worry about the, the financial issues. But um, but it also takes a little bit of the thought away from, you know, what is photography. And I would say that's going to be one of our distinguishing factors is going to be having a camera that is made for photography versus a phone. It's probably going to be the issue of, do you want to put a lot of thought into making a picture or do you not? <laughs> and if you don't, yep, that's, that's the true. beauty of the mobile, right? You don't have to put a lot of thought into making a good image because there is digital processing that's happening at the time that is going to, I mean, there are some fantastic images um, that are coming out of the mobile world right now. If you go and look on Apple, Apple site and they'll have some contest about their iPhone pictures that people have taken. And it's stunning what people are able to do with those. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. So sharing it is one thing. Uh, also being able to edit it, Right, you, you're talking about the ability right. to edit Using on device. On yeah, yeah, you can take a picture, pull up an editing uh, editing software, which of course uh, the phones are getting so much stronger and more powerful these days. They can do, you know, things that um, uh, that your computer uh, may have been the only way of doing it, you know, five ten years ago. So yeah. uh, you can edit it right away, not have to jump devices, not have to download, not have to plug in a cord, not have to kind of go multiple devices. So I think that's well, it definitely streamlines the whole process. Yeah. I think, you know, take photo, view photo, uh, edit photo, share photo. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all done from one device where you don't have that simplicity um, with uh, more dedicated camera devices. So um, again, I think, you know, as people start to look at their own photography needs and if this idea of a simple workflow and a simple process for getting the photo, sharing it, editing it, um, you know, mobile photography is still going to be a way to look at as a, as a good option for that. I agree with you about the quality of images. I've seen some amazing things. I will say it's kind of a, not to say, I mean, we're kind of talking through the, the features of mobile, mobile photography, but one thing I think we'll talk about as we get later on too, is um, the fact that with mobile photography, the thing that you just have to keep in mind is that you have to be a lot more um, observant of the 
factors around your image, like lighting and like other things, because the camera will try to do the best it can. The camera phone will do the best it can with what it's got. But um, some of those best looking photos from apple.com, like you mentioned as examples, very, there was still a lot of time and energy putting into getting the right the lens, getting the right, you know, lensing, getting the right, you know, framing of the shot, getting the right lighting involved and everything else. So um, I don't want anybody to walk away thinking that, you know, if you go into mobile photography, that it's just as easy as just pulling out your camera, snapping a photo, and you're going to have a beautiful shot. Uh, the camera will do the best it can. That can, that phone will be doing a lot of processing to get you the best shot it can. But, you know, there's still some manual work involved to really get the kind of photography you might see online um, that people are putting up as kind of examples of the best photography that mobile phones can do. So Right, right. I would also say now, the, yeah. the ability to do, the ability to, to use filters is kind of another, I'd say maybe a bonus. If you're somebody who would like to, so say you're in a place where you, you've got a scene or you've got um, a subject that you really would like to, to take a picture of, you have an idea of what it should look like in your head. You know, mm -hmm. the, the mobile photography, because it is real time showing you what the image is going to be, you can throw filters on it and you can actually see before you even take the picture what it's going to look like. That's a difference between this and, um, you know, a standalone camera, which doesn't have, well, there are some options to be able to do that, I guess, to, to have kind of a black and white, you know, filter thrown on, on the screen. But with, uh, with the phone, you're, I mean, you've got a big processor there, right? This be able to do a lot of different things. And, uh, and certainly the Instagram world has shown us that you can take some very creative pictures or make a picture look very creative by throwing a filter on it. And, uh, sure. and that's something that can be there. So, so I think editing I think both real like kind of, and after it can be done easily. Yeah. Well, and I think what we're saying too, is with the mobile phone photography in general, you have a lot more post photo taking options of what you can do, you know, I mean, you can technically do that with with uh, standard uh, digital photography too, but there's just more steps involved. So it definitely is just simplifying that whole process for you on seeing what a shot could look like with filters, doing some quick editing and sharing and so forth. Uh, last thing I think we should mention, Brian, as far as mobile photography that really kind of makes it stand apart is, uh, you know, is cost. I mean, if you think about it, if you're investing heavily in your phone and that's your device that you're going to have regardless, uh, and you got one that has a really, really good camera on it. Well, that's, yeah. you've already spent the cost. Uh, you, you're getting two for one in a way you're getting a, Hey, I've got a great phone and it just happens to also have a really great camera lens on it. So I've got both. And you kind of came out a lot less expensively than having dedicated equipment for, for each. Right. Um, now it's not to say that you couldn't still go in and, and, and we'll talk about this in one of our deep dives, accessories and other things that you can do to keep, upgrading your phone camera and, and adding more to it. So you still got some options to spend some money there, but at the core level, I just want a good solid camera. You may already have in your pocket right now with your phone. So that's, that's the idea that it's definitely a more cost-effective way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you're, you're right. I mean, if, if you said, I want to buy a camera phone just for the camera and it to be separate from my phone, Sure, you're going to pay maybe about the same amount you'd pay for a digital uh, a digital camera, uh, but we don't do that, right? We're buying the phone that already has it in it. So you're exactly right. It's uh, 
yeah, it's going to be a lot more cost effective and something that you aren't necessarily spending costs that is forcing you to go down a path, right? I mean, you're, you're saying I'm going to buy this phone because it has a great camera and I'm interested in doing some photography, but you're not now set in a world that says you must stay there. Whereas in the Mm -hmm. digital cameras, when you get down that road, you're kind of committed to where you have to stay in that road. There's not a whole lot of, you know, backpedaling without <laughs> losing. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a good way to look at it. Is it, it's a lot easier to go from mobile photography and then scale up to more DSLR or other more traditional photography later. But you don't want to go the other direction. Right. <laughs> so right. invest all that money, get all this new equipment, and then decide you want to scale down to to camera photography or or digital phone photography. So yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I'll go ahead and say it, Brian, I, I, because I know we're going to, we're going to talk about DSLRs and kind of the more traditional cameras in a a little bit. Um, I will go ahead and say, I was someone that was all into wanting to be, uh, have a nice, more professional camera. And I was really focused on all that. I, I have become just a mobile camera phone guy. now. I, I don't own a DSLR camera anymore. Um, and it, I, I understand the trade-offs. I understand the, the, the limitations that digital, that a mobile phone photography has. And I've kind of resigned myself to be okay with that. Uh, I feel like, you know, the kind of photography I'm taking, I know what works on the phone and that's where I focus my energy. That's the kind of photography I take. Um, there's days I miss it, the DSLR, but I'm, overall happy knowing I've got that camera in my pocket everywhere I go. And as long as I focus on making the best use of it, I'll still get some really good photography if I, if I make some good choices with it. So, yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm kind of on the other side. I'm, I'm sure I've committed myself to, you know, the, uh, the DSLR world, um, which of course will define some of these things in a little bit, but I've committed myself to having kind of a set camera to do photography because I, I like to, you know, blow some pictures up and have, you know, uh, larger pictures made of those things. And, um, and to me, it's also, a and this is where I think someone probably needs to go through and be honest with themselves about what direction they want to go, because you're a good example of someone that says, all right, I have, I realize, you know, I'm taking pictures for a certain reason and I want to be able to do that quickly, efficiently, effectively, still be able to make great shots. But I don't think you're necessarily taking pictures to make big posters of right now, right? You're not doing it necessarily to put it on your wall unless something great happens. To me, I'm trying to separate the two. You know, I, I use my camera, my phone camera a lot. And anytime I'm out and about and we're out on a hike, I'll pull that out and take great shots just to remember things. But then there's a time where I pull my, take my camera with me, which is where I'm trying to create something. And it's more intentional. That, dis- you are in, you know. that distinguishing kind of purpose, right, is what makes mm. it uh, more useful. Is it, is it worth, you know, is the picture that I'm going to get so much better than the picture I would have gotten with my phone? Probably not, right? But at least mm. it makes you feel as though the creativity is there. Um, so sure. uh, to me, it's- Well, there are some things about the more- there are some things about the the more traditional DSLR cameras we're going to talk about in a moment that do really add to the process yeah. that yeah. you just don't have with the mobile phone yet. So, so I'll tell you what let's do, Brian, let's just take a quick little break. And when we come back, let's pick up and talk about DSLR cameras. That's, you know, more traditional digital photography cameras. And we can talk about those, some of the 
the pros of those, and then we'll kind of lead into us just talking about overall some recommendations of some options to keep in mind of if you're wanting to go into the digital photography space or, or accelerate what you're doing there. So Sounds good. let's yep. take a quick little break. We'll be back in just a moment uh, here with Brothers in Tech. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Hello and welcome back to Brothers in Tech. This is Alan and Brian Jackson here talking about digital photography kind of our main episode on the topic here. We just talked a little bit before the break about mobile photography on a mobile device using a camera phone. Now, Brian, let's switch over and maybe we need to give a couple definitions as well Yeah. to talk about the more traditional digital photography. And I, I use the term traditional a little loosely because even digital photography as a concept is still, you know, it hasn't been around forever. We moved from the film cameras uh, dedicated film photography to digital in the last several years, uh, pretty much exclusively now. I mean, they don't even make any film-based cameras anymore, do they, Brian? Um, well, I think there's one or two random places that will still make them, but no. I mean, you're you're hard-pressed to find. All of that's on the used market these days. Um, and I do say it's funny that um, there's a lot of hardcore photographers, and especially the older uh, the older uh, crowd that would that would cringe when we call a DSLR kind of the the traditional, the the traditional original. Um, But you're you're right. I caught myself on that. But as far as I think for our discussion on technology, it is kind of a more. Well, let's think about it this way. Let's think about standalone camera, right? We're talking about a standalone camera that that's the purpose of this device. Whereas before we were talking about the mobile phone being kind of a dual device for you. So an add on to your current device. Um, so let's jump for a second into kind of this, you, you have a camera itself, right? A standalone camera. And, um, we've been using the term DSLR and I'm not sure if everybody knows what that means, but that stands for digital single lens reflex camera. And basically, that's the traditional camera that you would see now, the Nikon, the uh, the Canon, uh, the Sony, maybe, that are a fairly big body. You know, people tend to, you know, they're taking pictures with two hands, right? They have one hand up front on the lens and one hand in the back on the body. Uh, that's what's called a DSLR. And it's the digital version of that. The old film cameras, uh, which look like that as well, have now become this digital uh, digital version and so when, it, when you're taking a DSLR, okay, just real quickly to kind of understand what the distinction is, is there is a mirror inside of that. So you see the lens on the front of the camera, the light goes in, bounces on that, uh, that mirror that then bends up and is where you'll be able to see it through the, um, the viewfinder. So this is the camera where you put your eye up to a viewfinder and you're able to see exactly what's going to be going in uh, for that picture. And it's called a reflex camera. So when you actually snap the picture, that mirror pops up and then the light goes straight back to the sensor. So what you were seeing with the mirror is exactly what's going to be going to the sensor to take the picture or before what was going to the film. So that's where you hear that mechanical click, right? It's basically popping the mirror up. 
So when we have this DSLR, we're talking about the true traditional photography. The light is passing through and you're seeing exactly what that light is going to be. Um, whereas with a mobile phone, you're not seeing straight through. You're not seeing the world through the back of your uh, your uh, your phone. What you're seeing is a digital representation of that, right? It's already processing things. So when we say a DSLR camera, we're talking about a fairly... A fairly expensive direction to go. This is going to be a standalone camera that you can then interchange the lenses and be able to um, to do a lot of variety with it. This is what you know. Still, big time photographers are using. Right. This is if you're going to be a photographer. This is still the uh, the the ideal. Um, but as we said before, it's getting it's getting uh, harder to make that decision, especially when you start to add on other things. So, Brian, I'll just go and take. Can I just interrupt you? Yeah. That was that was impressive. That was all fascinating. The whole description and everything. I mean, I honestly did not really understand uh, beforehand. So, thank you. It's almost like you teach for a living or something. You kind of have some ways to we, instruct people. Can we make a note again? This is another time that I felt like I have taught you something. This has only happened maybe two or three times in this this whole podcast. In, the, thing, this, in our life, I think <laughs> I think you meant to say in our life. But, uh, yes. No, it's interesting. DSLR. I never really thought about the mechanics behind it, but it totally makes sense now right. that you described it. Right. Um, so Brian, I, and I'm going to defer a lot more to you on this section, because again, I've, I've had DSLR cameras. I've, I've played with them. I never had really high end ones. I never really put a lot of extra energy into it. My son is a photographer, a teenage son, and he's, he's, he's a lot better at it than I ever was. And he knows it a lot, a lot more in and out than I do. So Help me understand, like, why, why, why would people go with a DSLR, go that more that route, instead of just keep pushing and hoping a mobile phone photography advances? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say, again, if we would have done this ten years ago, it would have easily been quality of picture, number one, right? There, there is a big distinction. You cannot get the same quality of picture with a phone that you can get with a DSLR. Uh, that has started to blur a little bit, right? It's going to be a lot harder to make that argument these days. I will say that um, the picture creativity is okay. a big factor. Um, right. When you're using a DSLR, uh, as you know, Alan, there's there's lots of things that you have to manually decide to do. Now, of course, it's got an automatic function mm -hmm. and many people will put it on automatic and just leave it there. But you can tweak things a lot more. You can say, oh, I want the, the shutter speed to be this way. And, oh, I want to change the, the ISO this way. I want to change the, um, the, the, the focus elements. The camera, uh, the, the phone camera is trying to do all that for you. And now that's not to say that you can't tweak some of those. There are apps that allow you to, to tweak some of those features, but it's really made to, for you to be able to pull the phone out, take a picture, and it's going to give you something that is in focus, something that's going to try to use the light that it has. Whereas when you're trying to do photography, a lot of times you're not trying to take the picture that you know, uses all the light that might be there. Sometimes you actually want to blur things out or you want to be sharp on certain things or you want to highlight certain areas a little differently. So DSLR certainly has a lot of uh, manual um, features and functions that you can use to try to, to be creative. Um, I also think there, no, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. No, yeah. yeah. I was also think there's, there's something to be said about this is a, 
this is a camera only, right? We are talking about mm -hmm. the fact that you take this out and you are constantly now thinking about creating pictures as opposed to being on your phone and then saying, oh, hold on a second, let me take a quick picture. Um, that's, again, mentally, this is where I am with photography now. It's I have memories that I want to do with my phone and I have, you know, photography or I've got creative things that I want to try to create with uh, my DSLR. So um, so I'd say picture quality still, there's still a benefit because you are still getting, as you mentioned earlier, the true pass through of light. You're being able to, you know, focus that image. Uh, there's, uh, there, there's a better sensor in there uh, just because of the size. You know, again, if we were allowed to make our phones three times their size and thickness, yeah. you could do a lot better photography because the mechanics could be done a lot more effectively to sure. create a lot of better uh, images, but they're limited by size. So they digitize so many things. Um, so, so I'd say the picture quality, the having the fact that there's kind of this dedicated device, which can be a pro and a con, um, but that is something that allows you to, mm -hmm. to really focus on, you know, creating a, a quality picture. So I'd say those are kind of the biggest differences. Yeah, I'll say, and I agree, those are probably the biggest advantages a DSLR camera brings to the table. I also am going to throw in their lenses. Now, mm, yeah. we could get into a quibble about the fact that you can add lenses to a mobile phone as well. We'll talk about that as we get into a deep dive probably next week about some attachments and things you can add to mobile phone to make that a better photography experience. But you can't, I, I just don't think we can discount the fact that, you know, DSLR cameras are meant for interchangeable lenses yep. and each lens can give you a different look. It can give you a different scope. It can give you a different zoom um, of how close you can get to your subjects. And those are things that digital uh, camera phones are having to replicate digitally and are just are not quite there as far as that same level of quality on these. So I do think, um, it can get to be very costly to invest in a lot of lenses and have a bag of four or five lenses with you on a shoot somewhere, but it gives you the greatest amount of flexibility. And as you mentioned, the creativity that you can add to yep. your shot yep. instead of relying on the somewhat restrictive options that you may have on a camera mobile phone. Yep. And that's, that's a really good point. It's something we'll bring up, I think more in depth in a later uh, deep dive, but if you are trying to decide right now whether you want to get into the mobile photography world or the DSLR world, you you need to think you need to think about price, not just about the camera, but about the lenses. You will spend a lot more money on lenses than you will the camera. The camera, you know, even a really good camera right now, let's say uh, a DSLR camera is going to range anywhere from a couple hundred dollars up to several thousand dollars. So let's say you're in the middle range and you're going to get a, you know, thousand to two thousand uh, dollar camera body. Well, you mm -hmm. still need the lenses, and the lenses, each one of those lenses will probably be at that level or more um, yeah. itself. So, um, so you're exactly right. The uh, the lenses are going to to allow you to do a lot more and be a lot more creative, uh, but they're also going to uh, to be very expensive. So that is a commitment you have to make. Um, and just really quick, just because I'm feeling very professorial right now um, and continue to talk. But the big thing about the lenses, right, is that if you think about one of the problems with your phone camera 
is it's limited by size. Where he mentioned that it's limited by the sensor size, right? You can't put a huge sensor in there because it has to fit so many other things into that small package. But the biggest limitation that a phone camera has is the distance between the lens, which is that little thing on the outside, right? The little uh, the, uh, the eye, basically, of your camera and the sensor. And if there's not much distance between the two, then you can't create the kind of uh, unique pictures that you might want where you change the depth of field, like uh, what part of the, the picture is in focus versus not. So whereas when you have a lens, you know, the longer lens you have, the more you can zoom, which is great, but also the distance between your, your glass and your sensor uh, is going to allow you to do a lot more creative things, uh, allow you to kind of tweak the way the light bends in there and focuses and doesn't focus and all that stuff. So uh, the big key to keep in mind is if, you, if you're someone who is interested in learning all of those elements of optics and, and then creating some, some unique views on things, DSLR is the way to go. There's a lot more learning involved. There's a lot more manual features involved, but there's a lot more options uh, that you can do. With the mobile, you may take that technology and say, I'm going to try to tweak it with some apps or digitally tweak it afterwards or put some filters on it and all of that. And you can still be creative, um, but you're not necessarily um, using the features of this device to do those things. You're maybe using the post-processing that might need to do it. So. Um, so I think you're right that it, if the reason I like DSLR, it's because there is kind of this thought that goes into you go out and you're trying to shoot wildlife and you say, okay, uh, I've got this setting that needs to happen, this speed, this is how I'm going to try to capture these things. And this is kind of the image I want to get. Um, you have the ability to do that. You just need the equipment to make it happen. Yeah. So, uh, interchangeable lenses, you know, Zooming. I mean, I think all of us have probably grown up now around the idea of zoom versus digital zoom and mm -hmm. how, you know, the, the cameras that we used to have, Alan, that uh, the little pocket cameras where, yeah. you know, if you started to zoom, the little the lens came out of the front and then it stopped and then you could continue to zoom. But it was basically just taking the image and digitizing it. Right. And trying so to blow it up. A digital representation of the image and just blowing it up. Yep. To zoom in. So it wasn't a true zoom. It was a, it was a digital approximation of a zoom. Right. Yeah. So you can do real zooming on a DSLR because you have a lens that is longer and going to expand uh, the distance between the the lens and the the sensor. So, um, so true zooming. Um, Alan, you mentioned this before about uh, sensitivity, light sensitivity. You know, it's it's yeah. pretty important as well. You can actually set a DSLR camera up to, you know, have a, a really long shutter speed to, and change the sensitivity of the light so that you could do star trails and things like that at night. Really, really hard to do on a, on a phone. You have to have yeah. some, some unique apps and things that are going to kind of tweak your, I mean, your system. Those are the kind of areas where the mobile photography has made a lot of advances over the years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's better than it used to be, but yeah, yeah I think to really, get the kind of shots you were describing. No, you just can't be at a DSLR to do those. Right. Uh, now, and, nighttime and photos. Control over those shots. Yeah. yeah. Now, nighttime photos, like out uh, on the streets, uh, walking around with some friends where it's really dark. Yeah. You used to not be able to take a, a phone camera. Okay. It would be horrible, right? You'd get blurry because it would try to 
to pull in more light than they need to. Those mm. have gotten a lot better. And actually I'd say really, yeah, really better. good actually. Um, but you're right. The, uh, it's still, there's still a limitation uh, of what you can do. Um, Brian, you mentioned earlier before kind of this idea, which I'd never even really thought of, but the optical viewfinder, the yeah. fact that yeah. with a DSLR camera, as you mentioned, because of the mirror system inside, you your eye is able to see exactly what the camera is seeing. And that is something a DSLR camera, even though they have the digital viewfinders on them, a lot of these DSLR cameras now that you could use to look at, you always still have that optical real mm. you know, glass uh, mirror based viewfinder to see exactly what the camera would have. Yep. Your phone, mobile phone, again, you're going to see on your screen what the camera sees, but it's not always a perfect representation because it's a digital representation of what that lens is showing. So again, it may not be at a huge factor for a lot of people, but it is something I think true DSLR photographers really appreciate is having that optical viewfinder. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the DSLRs now are doing, so I'd, I'd say both, both the mobile and the DSLRs have made advancements to try allow both groups to be happy, right? The DSLRs mm -hmm. will have a, digital screen on the back that allows you, if you wanted to, to, to do a live view and be able to see it like you would on your phone. And the phones are obviously, you know, the, the counter argument people will make sometimes is that, you know, looking through a viewfinder, you're seeing the world through that lens right now. But what you're not seeing is maybe how the, the filter might look or how the, you know, the, uh, the light sensitivity is going to show when we actually do take the picture. The beauty of what digitization has done now, which I think is pretty cool, is that you know, I if if I had a uh, if I had a a camera, a phone camera that I said, all right, I'm going to take this picture, and maybe there's an app on there where I could say I want to change the you know the depth of field to this, or I want to change the the focus over to here. You can actually see it before you take the picture. You could see what that would look like because it's already processing, right? It's already showing you a digitized version. Whereas looking through the uh, um, the viewfinder on the camera, you're not necessarily seeing the depth of field, right? Because that's something that happens with the the aperture of the actual uh, um, the the picture itself. So, yeah, that's I true. think there's some there's some a lot of it comes down to are you someone who you know feels comfortable with a very large camera kind of in front of you and generally up to your eye, so that you're looking at things that way. Um, to me, that's probably more of the interesting part of it is just seeing and trying to create what it is that you think you're seeing in the real world and try to create an image that way. Um, I think with the mobile phones, it's a little bit more about that looks really cool. Let me get it and let me grab the moment. Yeah. yeah. Grab the I just moment. need to grab don't the waste moment. Time. Right yeah. Don't waste time. I don't want to put a lot of thought into it. I just want to grab this moment. Yep. Um, Brian, there's actually two kind of more functional aspects of DSLR cameras outside of the creativity and the quality of images. Um, battery life is something I think is important to note is that, um, you know, when you're using a mobile phone camera, you are, you are restricted to what the battery on your phone is at that time. And uh, mobile phones, you know, you start running the camera a lot. It does eat down the battery. The battery goes yep. a lot quicker. Yep. Um, DSLRs, you know, because they are a dedicated camera device, uh, they're going to manage the battery a little bit better for maximizing life of time on the camera. So you'll be able to go a lot longer with your camera on a DSLR on a battery 
than you would your, your, your mobile phone. So that's something to keep in mind is that if you're going on a long shoot, yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's always good to have an extra battery or so with a, with a DSLR camera, but you probably won't need it in a lot of cases where with a camera phone, if you're going to go on an all day expedition with your camera phone, your, uh, your mobile phone, and, uh, you probably need to have an external battery or some other way of charging it as yep. you go along because yep. the internal phone battery is probably not going to hold up for the entire day of photography. Um, and not to mention, same kind of go- are, you, yeah, go are you willing to, to not have your phone available? Right. So if That's you're true. talking about, you know, if you really wanted to save the battery life, you'd probably turn off the, the cellular features or the network features while you were out taking pictures and are we actually willing to do that? So that's the downside, I think, of having both of them in the same device. So, Yep, I I agree. And then um, on that kind of same note is the same thing with storage. So storing your your digital photos. Again, on a camera phone, you are limited to whatever your storage is on your phone. Now, granted, phone storage has gotten bigger and bigger all the time. So, you know, you probably, you might have a phone that has tons of storage on it and it would take a really long time to exhaust that but if you don't or you 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 keep your your phone pretty full on stuff just keep in mind that uh you got to either start clearing some stuff off in order to shoot some more photos because uh otherwise you have to have some sort of external device to offload things or be able to upload files to the internet or photos and delete them a lot quicker with a dslr camera you know you are typically shooting on a what, a, a, a compact flash card, a, a smart card. media card, sure. SD card. Yeah, smart. So with those, those are super small, super light. You could actually be carrying several of those with yeah. you, swap them in and out very easily and not have to worry about purging photos just to make room. Right. Um, right. You have expandable storage where you just don't have that with your mobile phone. So um, again, a couple other more practical functions to keep in mind about uh, looking at these two routes to go on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that this goes back again to the main distinction between these two types of photography is whether you want to totally diverge your two functions, right? Having Mm -hmm. photographs versus memories. And if so, then you want storage to be separate. You want kind of battery life to be separate. You want all of these things to be able to to distinguish your two kind of directions with those. If you're not, if you're wanting all kind of integration, if you like the idea of just integration and simplicity, uh, then the mobile phone, right? It's all together. You know, you're, you're, it's with you all the time. You don't have to think twice yeah. about it. Um, so yeah, there's some, some unique kind of distinctions there. Well, Alan, now, we, can we talk about real quick, let's just think about, so someone decides they want to be, they want to get into photography and they're trying to make a, a, a decision as to which of these directions to go in. Okay. What are, what are some of those main features that we need to, to be aware of? So we need to start thinking about kind of what are the, right. what are the terms that they're going to be confronted with uh, when they're trying to make that decision about equipment? Um, what are some of the kind of those pros and cons that are going to come with each of those directions? Well, and I can boil it down pretty easy for me. It really comes down to two big questions. I think when you kind of look and see which direction to go on these options we're talking about, whether it's your mobile phone photography or you're going to go a more dedicated DSLR type of route. One, as we've already alluded to, is really what's the type of photography you're you're looking to do. I think that has to be very 
Is it very intentional photography where you're going out to create an image? Uh, you want to develop an image that you have in your head. You, um, you want to be able to take some time and get the best framed shots you can get. Um, versus I just want to be able to shoot, uh, what I see when I see it, I need the flexibility. I need the quickness to me. That's, it's not to say somebody couldn't be doing both. I mean, obviously there are photographers who need both and want to be able to do both styles. But if you kind of find yourself falling into one of those two camps, I think that kind of helps direct you where you really should be trying to go right now. Um, again, I think the camera phones have gotten so much better over the years and a few years from now, they still may be even closer rivaling DSLR, but they're not there yet. I still think it's very clear that you can look at a, a photograph and see if it was truly shot with like a DSLR with more intention behind it versus uh, I just shot this on a camera phone. I, I still think you can tell the difference. Yeah. Um, so I think it's more the style of filmmakers, kind of my number one question that would help drive one or the other. But then if we want to go on this technical side, the other question I would ask, and you mentioned it earlier in the discussion, is really about quality of the image as it relates to the size mm -hmm. of what I'm going to use that image for. So Brian, I, you know, all the stuff I shoot right now, I mean, I'm looking at it on my computer screen. I'm looking at it on my phone screen. Maybe I'll play it up on my Apple TV to show other people in, on a TV set, but I'm not printing any photos. I'm not blowing them up to a really nice, you know, uh, whatever dimensions, 36 by 48 size poster size things. I'm not doing any of that. If I did, I know that if I took my digital camera phone photo and tried to grow it and blow it up to that size, it's not going to hold up as well. I, just, yeah. I know that because it's just not meant for that type of result, that size quality of a, of a print. Um, so that would automatically be a deal breaker for me. If I knew I was wanting to take photographs that I could frame around my house or use to frame uh, and, and sell to people or decorate with, uh, it, it's not going to hold up. I'd say the DSLRs are out. You have to take it. Brian, you know this better than anybody. Yeah. I'm looking at your camera right now with you on it. And right behind you is a wall full of photographs you've taken that you have printed and got mounted and look really nice. Obviously you couldn't have taken those with your iPhone and they hold up that resolution at that size. So, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean I think the, the iPhone or the, any camera uh, phone cameras, they're getting a lot better. Uh, in that they, uh, I would say right now, if you're, if you're going to try to print something, uh, more than, well, let me, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to print something out more than, you know, a sheet of paper size, yeah. right. I think you're going to start to recognize some differences. Now I will say the, um, the terminology you'll see a lot now is the megapixels, right? That's something that was brought up with, uh, digital cameras once they, you know, you start storing the number of pixels that are actually being presented within the image. Um, and that number continues to go up. So if you were to buy a, a used uh, DSLR camera from 10 years ago, you know, its megapixels might be something like 12, right? 12 megapixels maybe for each image that could be created. Well, the current iPhone, I think, is a 12 megapixel camera. So it's the exact same thing that as a DSLR was 10 years ago maybe even less, actually, maybe six, seven years ago. 
Um, now I think the DSLRs are, you know, 26, 28, somewhere in there. So they're, they're quite a bit more than that. But I think what's probably more important is what's this, what's the number of pixels that are going to be saved and the quality of those pixels um, within the image. So, you know, if you think about, uh, I, I went out to take some pictures yesterday with a friend of mine and, um, and I'm shooting in raw Okay, which means that the setting on that camera is set to grab everything that it possibly can and keep that image in a raw format. So that it's a raw, large file format, large but it's going to have everything in it, it every bit of data yeah. it can collect. It doesn't trim it down. It doesn't consolidate anything. Uh, whereas if I said I wanted to shoot it in like JPEG, well, that's already kind of a condensed version that's going to be much easier to email, much easier to send to someone, much easier to quickly pull up and view. The raw is one that's actually going to be easier to then tweak later because you have all the things built into it. But it also means that file is big, right? I was looking at mine, I think 20, 20, 20 megabytes on some of the mm -hmm. files. And I think that, and I have an older camera, so that's not even a, a high megapixel camera. So I think that's one of the, the things you'll see is, is different is that you have a sensor that's bigger, especially if you're going full frame and everything, which we'll talk about in a later uh, episode. But you've got a bigger sensor, which is able to pull in more information, which, of course, then stores more information, which means that when you print it and you start blowing it up, you'll start to see that there's smaller pixels in there that can be distinguished because, again, you're, you know, if you're using this DSLR, just like if you're using film photography before, this is true image. It's not digitizing anything, right? It was pulling it straight in. Now it's digitizing as a DSLR, but it allows that sensor to be able to pull more information. And so uh, that's a that's a distinguishing factor. Obviously, the sensor size, the megapixels. If you're someone who wants to print bigger pictures um, or think about it this way, too, if you want to take the picture crop the picture, take a small part of it, and then blow it up a little further. You got to realize that's zooming into a part that may have looked great on a phone. It may have looked great on a computer screen, but the moment it becomes twice that size, you start to see the pixelization. And I think that's, that's the big thing. But again, if you're wanting to make a coffee table book of your photos in the future, the kind of smaller, smaller pictures on a, mm -hmm. on a page, iPhone's going to be fine, right? As long yeah, as you're yeah, able to save those files in the original format and you don't condense them and, and kind of shrink them down. So I, I find myself just always kind of looking at the size of the print that that photo is going to ultimately be printed at as yeah. really being a factor outside yeah. of the creativity of the shot, outside of the overall quality of the, 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 the shot itself. It's really how big do you need to print this thing or how big is it going to be visible? Because, um, all those megapixels, they look absolutely beautiful when crammed into an iPhone screen sure. and you're watching the photo there. But again, you blow it up to a 24 by 36, you're going to see the imperfections. You're going to see the digital artifacts. Yep. You're going to see the the not quite as crystal clear, sharp image that you maybe thought you saw on your phone yep. with that. Yep. Now, Brian, to me, another factor I think is is key. It's gotten better with mobile phones, but it's still, it's still, not, any, still not there. And it's zooming. It's this idea of, of, do you want to be able to zoom in on things and have a really good shot? You know, DSLR cameras with the right lenses will give you the capability of being able to zoom at different lengths, depending on the, on the lens you get. 
And in general, that zoomed in image, yes, you've still got to keep it stable. You still got to hold it still to get a good, good shot, but it's going to be a sharper image zoomed in. You try to do that same thing on a digital phone zooming in. And I think you can tell the difference right away that it just, uh, a digital zoom is still no comparison for optical zoom at this point. And, um, and like you said, it's a limitation of the size of the phone. I mean, phones are getting smaller and smaller, thinner and thinner. You're just not going to have that depth that you need for a zoom. Um, again, you can add on external lenses to a phone. Uh, we have, you know, I, I know people who do that. I've experimented with those before. We'll talk about them in the, in one of our deep dives, but it's still not going to give you the level of zoom that you ultimately really want. Um, so if you find yourself always wanting to get closer images and zoomed in, let's say you're a nature photographer. You really like to get zoomed in shots of birds, animals, whatever it may be. Okay. A iPhone camera is not going to cut it for you. Yeah, You're not just not going to be able to pull that off. No. Um, uh, if you have a portrait of someone that you're taking of a, a face of a portrait and you can get a couple feet away from their face. Yeah. The phone is going to work great. You're going to get some good photographs that way, but trying to zoom away, I think to me is a deal breaker in a lot of t- cases on when people say they want to do nature photography and they want to use your, their iPhone is that's going to be, that's going to be really tough. That's yep. going to be really tough for zooming in on things. Yep. Yeah, no, zooming is zooming in the in the use of lenses. I think is is a is a major distinction. I think you're right. Um, yeah, and I and I you mentioned it before there are some creative zoom or lenses you can add to your phone, put on the outside of your yeah. phone. Um, but that's you know that's still that's not what it was made to do. And yeah. so you're adding a glass on top of glass on you know top of. Uh, plastic oftentimes. So I think that's, uh, that's just not going to be the same quality um, for sure. Um, you know, another thing I mentioned, Alan, and I talked about a little bit earlier, I'll just briefly mention it again, the ability to use what we call depth of field and change your depth mm-hmm. of field. And so really quickly, uh, a term you'll see uh, a lot in photography is called aperture. And aperture, what that term means, basically, it means the kind of the the width of what's coming in uh, to the, um, uh, to the camera. So, um, it, I liken it to your eye, right? If you think about it, your eye is actually exactly like a camera, I should say maybe the reverse, your camera is made to be exactly like your eye. You have a pupil and your pupil dilates and, uh, and, uh, constricts to be able to let more or less light in. Right. Well, that's exactly what a camera will do as well. So to use the aperture, so I could, I could be at the same distance, using my camera, the same lens, the same, um, uh, set the same shutter speed and everything, but I could change the aperture. And what the aperture is going to do is allow me to focus on either a deeper part of the image or a more shallow part of the image. Now, most of us have seen these great, wonderfully creative images where maybe you're, uh, focusing on a flower and the flower is in focus, but everything else behind it is out of focus so that it focuses your your eyes straight to the flower and everything else is blurred out. Well, that was done intentionally, right? And that's because it has a more shallow uh, kind of depth of field. So the focus is only the flower and everything else is out of focus. Where if you would have taken that same picture with an iPhone, everything behind it would have been in focus as well because it's trying to get the sharpest image it possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would change the aperture. Well, the you can change aperture uh, digitally on a phone, but you change it 
actually on a, on a camera, right? The camera you, yeah. is a function. It's an F function. They call it F stops. The, the, you know, F, F2 to F, you know, 32 or something like that. You're basically changing the size of the, uh, the opening that you're allowing on your phone, which then not only changes the amount of light that comes in, but also then changes um, how sharp the image can be in a certain part of that. So we'll talk a little bit more about it later when we talk about DSLRs, because that's something that's really appropriate there. But because you don't have uh, the same sensor size, you don't have the same uh, distance between your lens and your uh, your sensor on these phone cameras, you're not able to do the same aperture. Now, Alan, I will mention really quickly, one of the things I think is absolutely fascinating is how the mobile phones now have started to use more than one camera on there. Yeah. So the, the well, iPhone, I was say that's, the latest one has three yeah. or four. What's the latest one? Is it three or four cameras? I think it's three. Yeah. I think it's still three. But And really, they're trying to give some of that capability that you're talking about, the depth of right. field capability to it, right. Right. which is interesting. I mean, I've seen some really interesting shots that have been made with this multi-camera lens system on these newer phones. Um, it's still not not what you can do with the optical side or with a, with a DSLR, but it's, it's getting close again. Yeah. That's another one of those areas where it's, it's doing a lot better than what zooming is doing. It is, it is definitely getting closer to what a DSLR can do with aperture and with that depth of field yep. uh, than what we've seen in some other, other aspects of no, photography. I'm, so I tell you, I'm excited. Uh, though. I think, I think yeah. it's, you know, having multiple lenses is incredibly exciting because I mean, just think about it this way that, um, they have the portrait modes now that that do a really cool job of kind of blurring things out, adding the kind of the bokeh yeah. and everything. But if you had, you know, if you had three or four lenses all pointed at the same thing, and you, you know, you're telling it, well, one of one lens, I want you to focus on this part of the image. Another one, I want you to focus on this part of the image. Another one, I'm focuses, and then I want you to add it all together to make this really cool, creative picture, right? I mean, that's something that can be done now, or theoretically can be done. Um, the other thing that's helpful about the multiple lenses is that, um, I mean, and again, it's getting a little off topic, but I think some of the future of photography is making it a little bit more error-proof, right? You're taking multiple versions of the same picture at once. You've got this, you've got this bird flying across your screen and you snap the one snap, but yet four cameras were engaged doing different things. And afterwards you could go and then tweak your image lots of different ways because you've got so much more information about it. So there's some creative things that are happening. It's still not the same um, as having that DSLR where you're, you know, changing all of those elements and have all these different capabilities at your fingertips, but, um, yeah. but it's getting, it's getting pretty creative. Um, so I think that's kind of, well, cool. I think ultimately too, the question kind of comes down to when you start looking at your, your different pathways here, and again, you you alluded to this early in the conversation. Again, um, are you wanting to spend more time and energy creating your image versus you just want to snap an image and then you're going to do a lot more processing on the back end? Right. I think that that's another question of what's a better route for you. If you're someone who's willing to put the time in to build the shot you want, to get the lighting just right, to get everything, all the elements in focus or out of focus that you want, and that's, that's more rewarding for you where you can get that kind of photograph and you know, once you snap it, yep, it is, that is a good photo. Maybe I want to do a little touch up here and there, but for the most part, it is a well-constructed photo. 
versus, you know what, I just need to take it quickly and then I'll spend some time on the back end with some apps and editing software and a lot of things that really kind of work that image to get it better to what I want. Uh, again, that's another kind of question mark, I think, as far as style and preferences. And I'm not saying either is right or wrong. Yeah, I think it's really more of a matter of what what fits your style of what you're looking to do photography wise. Um, I think in general, Brian, what I'm kind of hearing is, and I hope we got this message across in this last you know, hour we've been talking about digital photography, is that there are different options and neither neither is perfect and neither is is a bad option. I mean, there are some really good features in both routes you go, whether using your phone as your camera or investing in a, a dedicated DSLR type system. Uh, there are trade-offs in both directions. Um, I think you're going to err, obviously, in more quality of image on the DSLR, but convenience and simplicity of workflow on the phone side. So, um, but both are good and they're, yeah. they're, the gap is narrowing. I think we've, we've probably said that many, many times already. The gap continues to narrow. Will it be at on parity level in five years? Uh, I don't know. I really have no idea. I'm someone who thought for the longest time, you know, film uh, and movies, you know, cinema, film, you could never get digital cinema to look as good as original film. But yet, honestly, these last few years, I look at a film, I can't tell a difference. And I think most all films being made now, with very few exceptions, are being shot on digital and they look really good. Yeah. So, you know, photography is kind of in the same boat. I think uh, there'll be a point where we start to look at it and say, well, can't really tell the difference, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so, and you, anyway. you're in the, you're in the video world. Um, and if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you go out and film right now, if you were going to go out and film a, um, a commercial for a company, you're probably taking a DSLR, right? I mean, you are, yeah. are you guys, yeah, you guys aren't taking the over the shoulder, big cameras that used to yeah. be used 20 years ago. Right. And, you know, I would imagine you probably have some customers that are looking at you going, oh, wait a minute, what are you doing? The cheap person here? Cause you don't have yeah, the big sure. old cameras, but yet you're getting the same uh, better quality with this DSLR. So it's kind of the same of DSLR and big honking video camera as the iPhone or the mobile phone and the DSLR are for photography. Um, I did want to mention really quickly, just uh, for those that don't know, DSLRs do a very good job of video as well, at least the new one. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Just like camera phones, you know, yeah. both, both vehicles will also take video as right. well. Right. right. So that, that wouldn't be something that would be a distinguishing factor. Um, Alan, last thing I want to, I want to mention, and yeah. we, we talked earlier about the fact that they, we were really distinguishing between mobile and DSLR. I think there yeah. is one in between that is it's true. important for us to note um, because I'd actually say it might even be the future of, of photography um, is what's called mirrorless. And so if okay. you've listened to us on these two ends of the spectrum and you said, okay, well, mobile I like because it takes good quick pictures, but DSLR like because I can add lenses and be able to do more things with that. Uh, but maybe you don't care about being able to look through a viewfinder or you don't really care if it's the true optics that are coming through. You don't mind digitizing. There's something called mirrorless. And if you remember back when I educated you earlier, Alan, when I gave you your lesson on the, the cameras, um, yes. I mentioned that the light comes into the lens, bounces off a mirror, goes up to your eyepiece so that you can see it through the viewfinder. Um, well, the mirrorless cameras 
are now they look like the old digit uh, the old film cameras so they're smaller than a dslr is they're not as thick imagine them being almost like a um uh well like your old uh camera phones used to be probably half as thick and maybe a little bit uh smaller overall but having the same lenses on the outside so now these mirrorless cameras have taken that mirror out and what they do is the information's coming in through these external lenses just like any other dslr it's not bouncing off a mirror it's going straight to the sensor and then displayed on the screen on the back so it's just like your dslr except without the viewfinder so you don't put your eye up to it to look in or if you do it's creating a digital version in there versus the real one so to me it's the perfect blend between your phone shooting your phone and shooting a dslr it's like having your phone with a really beautiful, nice lens on the outside because you're seeing the digitized version on the back uh, and you're using a lens, right? So that is the mirrorless cameras, uh, which again, when they first came out, all the photographers are like, Ugh, you know, they're kind of poo-pooing it a little bit and saying, this is ridiculous. But now there are many photographers that have changed to mirrorless. I mean, one nice part is that that mechan mechanism in there of the mirror flipping up and down. That's the part that goes out with a DSLR after many years. You take, let's say, 100,000 shutters would make that mirror system eventually have some problems. Well, that mirror system isn't there anymore. So the mechanics aren't there anymore. You're taking a digital photo, but you're able to use these great big lenses on the outside, just like you would anything else. So um, so that may be so okay how, for someone to, to go with it. Yeah. How, how does the mirrorless camera rank in terms of like cost? I mean, is it yeah. kind of like a, an in-between option too, or is it priced like a DSLR? Or it's kind of where, closer where to a DSLR, but they're going to be okay. a little bit on the in-between, I believe. So some of the nice ones now, and you can, so then given that the mirror is out of place or is, is taken out, you're actually now just dealing with the number of megapixels and you're dealing with the, the sensor size. So you can have kind of that full frame sensor um, without the mirror and without all that uh, mechanism built in there. And a lot of it's based off of digital photography. So, uh, or digital mm. kind of uh, changes. So uh, it's definitely something that people might want to look at. I mean, I think it's the future of photography. I still like being able to put my eye up to a, uh, a yeah. DSLR camera, look through it. That's the way I, you know, learn to shoot. And I, and I'd like to continue to do that um, rather than just looking at a screen on the back. Um, but, and actually I'll, I'll say this, the, the ones that actually have kept a little viewfinder, generally the viewfinder is kind of like the old school cameras from a long time ago, where you look through and you're actually looking through a completely different hole just to give you the sense mm. that you're looking at it. Right. But really all you need to do is look at the screen on the back to be able to know exactly what's coming through because everything is straight digital. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're getting better. I will say the problem with it is if you're someone interested in photography that doesn't mind getting into used gear, which I yeah. am a big fan of, I it, generally, if I buy things, I'm buying them used, um, because, People tend to, it's like golf clubs. People tend to buy them and then move on to other things. So they're willing to sell used that are still pretty good. There's yeah. not that many used things out there with the mirrorless, right? I mean, there's just not the- well, still relatively new, right? Yeah, there's not the number of lenses that are out there. There's not the number of options. Um, so you're kind of limited in what you can can buy. But 
you're not that far off. Um, so again, if I was to start all over again, I potentially might start with a mirrorless. Um, Interesting. And uh, and be able to spend a little bit more money on lenses and less worry about the the body itself. So yeah. So really, we're kind of saying then that it's, it, there's you've got your camera phone shooting on one end of the spectrum, just using the phone you've got in your pocket as as your camera. You've got mirrorless, which is probably edging is closer to the DSLR, but it's maybe got a little more phone type uh, features inside of it. Then you've got your DSLR, which are we are now calling the traditional, and I use air quotes, traditional camera system, even though that's not what the purist would think, but it's kind of in the grand scheme of what options you have when you walk into a store now to buy cameras. That's kind of your range, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the mirror, the mirrorless, basically on the mirrorless are, are, are point and shoot cameras from what we used to have. You know, when we used to yeah. have the, the small point and shoot, that was a mirrorless camera. There was no viewfinder. You weren't, you know, there wasn't a mirror involved in that mm. straight digital. It's just, they've gotten better and better and better. And now add the external lenses, you add the external lenses yeah. to it and you actually have much closer to what the DSLR uh, is providing. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Brian, I think, you know, we've talked through digital photography. We've talked to kind of what the options are, you know, and again, we're not advocating to say one option is a better option for you than another. I think if anything, we're saying all of these options are good options. There are some benefits any direction you go. And to me, it becomes more of a personal preference. It becomes a, what, what style of photography do you want to take? Uh, are you willing to put the cost in if you want to go with a more dedicated camera system? Um, and just ultimately, you know, what do you want to end up doing with these photos? Are they going to be just shared online and uh, on your computer devices? Or are you actually going to be printing them and making them a larger prints? All these kind of questions you just need to decide, I think, to see which direction you go. I'm, I'm, I'm championing mobile phones, uh, photography just because I love the convenience and, uh, I, I, I'm happy sometimes to know that I don't have a whole lot of other equipment I have to worry about or manage or upgrade or keep up with. Uh, there are times I go somewhere and I really wish I had a DSLR camera. I really wish I could have gotten a better photo, but you know, I've resigned myself to be okay with what I've got and I'm happy with that. You, you on the other spectrum, you're using both, but you've got a very specific purpose for mm -hmm. when you use them. And uh, that's probably the ideal situation is to have both and just know specifically when you want to use what type of photography for what type of purpose. Yeah, but it does. It the mirrorless does. sounds really interesting though. No, the mirrorless is mirrorless is a really cool option. I will say it, it, it doesn't save you a ton in terms of size. So if it, don't be thinking, yeah. oh, mirrorless, cool, I can fit it in my pocket. No, we're talking about yeah. this is this is something that's closer to a DSLR. It's lighter. You know, they're not quite as uh, as clunky as a DSLR is going to be. Uh, but you're still talking about needing a bag or a strap to be able to carry these around if you want the benefit of having their lenses and things. But, uh, you know, like an old 35 millimeter camera that people used to take around and they could just put around their neck. That's what a mirrorless camera it looks like and size wise and feels like. Um, it's just you're able to get uh, really, really good images out of it. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm someone who I, I use it as a hobby. You know, I don't, uh, I don't sell my images right now. So it's not like I'm doing this for a living. It's not like I'm getting any of my money back that I'm putting into these lenses and these things. It's, it's something I'm interested in doing. It's something I like to do. It's something I, I like to learn about how to create those images. 
but if you are someone who really wants to remember what you're seeing and be able to see these great pictures in the future, I agree with you. Mobile, mobile is very close right now and is getting even closer uh, to the, the quality that you can get and the creativity. So uh, certainly something yeah. to consider. Uh, you shouldn't feel right. this way. The, the, you shouldn't feel bad about using mobile photography now. Like if you said, I'm going to commit to mobile photography you shouldn't feel bad about it. It's a, it's uh, there's some quality things you can get out of it. I don't think you'd want to do it and say, I'm going to go sell my, my, my prints uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's there yet, but if you just want really good stuff for yourself, absolutely. So that's great. All right. Well, um, our deep dive episodes, we will be going into more detail. I think we've got the next one we're going to do is on specifically on shooting photos for on mobile devices, kind of going with that end of the spectrum. And then we'll also do a deep dive on, the DSLR cameras, kind of understanding lenses, understanding different features of DSLR and, and shooting styles there. And then we're also going to do a deep dive later on, uh, late in the month, all about managing your photos through software and services. You know, once you've shot them, whether it's on your phone or on a DSLR, what do you do with them? How do you manage them? How do you use software to kind of keep up with your photos and, and uh, add some extra capabilities to your work, to your process? So that'll be our deep dive discussions as we go forward. Now, Brian, as everybody who's probably sat and listened to us for like the last over an hour, uh, <laughs> is probably eagerly waiting for, this is when we actually give our brothers in tech suggestions. This is where every episode you and I both uh, give a recommendation of something we think people ought to check out. some uh, either a product or a site or a service that has to do with the topic we just talked about. So of course, talking digital photography uh, Brian, what is your brothers in tech suggestion, your bits oh, for uh, this episode? My bit. Well, so since this was our, our intro, um, our intro episode talking generally about photography, um, I, I, I feel like I have to direct people to what I think is probably the, um, the best resource for, uh, photography equipment. Uh, and that's B and H photo. Uh, Alan, I know you've used B&H Photo, B&H Photo and Video, I should say, um, but the uh, B&H is a is a site online. Uh, they have new and used uh, photo and video equipment. They even have some other kind of just technology sales in there. Um, and I know there's a lot of those out there. There's a lot of sites, uh, and and I will say we are not sponsored by B&H, although we would gladly take a, a call from them and uh, and set up a sponsorship. Um, but I've just used them in the past and they're, they're fantastic. Um, you know, there's a difference between having a site that has a lot of stuff and having a site that seems to have really good service. And this is one that I have purchased from before and had to send back because of, um, changing my mind on something. And they were incredibly accommodating. Actually, a buddy of mine yesterday said he ordered from them and, you know, ended up, um, uh, accidentally ordering the wrong thing. They were incredibly nice about it um, and uh, were able to to help him out uh, and even give him suggestions because of what he likes to shoot, what he might want to use. Mm-hmm. And I will say one of the coolest things they have is we go to the B&H site and it's bhphotovideo.com. On the very first page, it says, you know, what, what kind of photos do you like to shoot? If you go to the photography mm-hmm. section, if you say wildlife, it's going to start showing you all the things that you ought to consider to be really good in wildlife photography. You know, this type of lens, this type of gimbal, this type of tripod. Um, so I think it's, 
it's just a That's great nice. place to go. Uh, and as I said, they've got used things and you can count on the fact that their used equipment is, is really good. They only sell really good used equipment. So, um, you know, I'm a big believer in looking at things like Craigslist and all of that, but mm-hmm. you just never know what you're going to get and you have no recourse when you do that. So um, this may be a good way to go. Yeah. You know, what's really funny is that I, I, I've been shooting video for, gosh, you know, since late 80s, early 90s. And I used to subscribe to a whole lot of video magazines back, you know, magazines. You remember those, Brian? That I, I've heard of them. Be delivered to you. They were printed on paper, glossy paper normally, a lot of pages. I watch the um, channel. Yes, I know what that is. <laughs> so I used to get a lot of video magazines. And B&H always had these full spread ads that were just packed with stuff. And so many products on there. And it actually, it kind of, for a while, I always thought B&H was kind of just, just this little discount, yep. uh, cheapy place. And just, you know, I never really had a lot of trust in it because it just, the advertising never really spoke to me, you know, as far as it being a reputable place. And even when I was up in New York City, I actually saw like one of their main where big stores oh, and when they yeah. used to do storefront stuff so much. And you know, the place is just, it was just packed to the gills with stuff and it was seemed very chaotic and all over the place. This was back in the early nineties. Um, it's amazing. I think they've really upgraded their themselves as an online store and the reputation and the service has gotten so strong that, yeah, I love shopping there. That's my go-to place for anything video or photo based these days. And uh, it's a great pick. Yeah. And you're right. I have not had a single issue with, returning anything or with any quality issues. I mean, and the pricing's good. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a comparable pricing to what you could find. And uh, sometimes they're running some good deals. Uh, so you kind of keep your eye on things and see when they've got some things discounted or on sale. And uh, right. it's a great site. Yeah. It's good. Well, my, uh, my bits, my brothers in tech suggestion is something that's very specific, but it is something that could apply to any of the, type of digital photography we were talking about. Um, yeah, we've all seen camera tripods, you know, the, uh, which I think are good to have. And ultimately, if you can take a tripod with you on a shoot and you've got the ability to do that and you've got time to set it up, tripods are great. They're going to give you the best ability to make sure your shot is steady, make sure your shot, shot is level, whatever you're looking to do. But sometimes you don't have that that time or even space to set up a full three-legged tripod and, and have that available. Sometimes you need something kind of quick, or maybe you're in a crowd and you just need something very quick, simple to, to kind of give you a little more balance. And, you know, the monopod is something that uh, I'm a big fan of. I love using a monopod because I feel like I get the most flexibility. It is a singular pod, just as you expect, like a instead of a tripod, it's mono. It's one pole, but it's collapsible. You can extend it to different lengths depending on which one you get. And then your camera screws on the top and they have attachments that can let you use your phone with it. So if you need it for a phone, you uh, can screw it on the top of the monopod or a DSLR camera or a mirrorless camera or anything else. So um, there's one in particular, there's a, a brand, uh, Manfrotto, Manfrotto mm-hmm. uh, makes a series of monopods that are both good, but also very affordable. I think, you know, if you're not someone that wants to put a lot of money into a, a, a tripod like this or a monopod, I mean, some of the ones they have that you can get on Amazon and other places, you know, $25, $30, $40, you can get different lengths. And uh, they're great. They collapse down to like, gosh, 
how small do they get? They probably get down to about 14 inches, 12, 14 inches long. probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but they can extend out to a much, uh, much taller height, you know, 60 inches, uh, even close to 70 inches if you needed it. So again, the monopod, I think is, is kind of one of those invaluable things to have if you're going to go out and do photography, even if you're just using your camera phone, you're just getting some just off the cuff stuff. The biggest thing that will affect a photo, um, is, you know, if you're not keeping it steady, especially if you're zoomed in on something, um, that's really tough. And a, a monopod at least helps eliminate that issue yep. by giving you some stability to it. Uh, it's not perfect stability. You still have to hold the monopod. You still got to kind of keep that relatively still, but it does at least give you a stable shot, which is, I think, a lot what, what most people need most of the time. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great that's a great pick for, for a couple of reasons. One, Manfrotto is fantastic right there their tripods um they have some really great stuff and uh in a in a high range of of things that you can get into but i'm i'm a big believer in the monopod i think one of the the biggest challenges people have is they want to get into photography but they they like to go and maybe do the creative things of getting in a uh, a particular place to take a an image and it is really clunky if you're getting a tripod out, having to set it up. I mean, that's oftentimes not what people are trying to do. They're trying to take more spur yeah. of the moment, creative things. Um, but the, but you're you're right. Your photo is going to make a big difference. I have a, a friend of mine who was the uh, photography professor I used to be at uh, at our university, and every time we get together, you know, one of the first things he's asked is like, "Are you shooting with a tripod yet? Are you shooting with a tripod yet?" Because he knows that's the next level of your photography. You have to shoot with a tripod. You have to eventually get to a point where you're stabilizing if you're going to do, you know, zoomed things. Alan, I want to maybe follow up on yours really quickly and mm -hmm. give a product that's related. Um, so my wife and I like to hike a lot, and I know there's a lot of people that like to take pictures when they're out in nature and be able to, to get around. And monopods are actually great substitutions for hiking poles, right? Yeah, yeah, they're you, great. You yeah. use it to, to kind of stabilize as well. I actually bought a Manfrotto. Manfrotto made a hiking pole. So they were two hiking poles that were for, you know, um, uh, for snow and for regular kind of hiking. Uh, but one of them, you flip up the top and it became a monopod. So you could screw your camera on the top of it. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Super nice. And so I had these the poles that the right one, I knew I could always put my camera on if I wanted to and be able to use a monopod. So that therefore, at least I had something. It wasn't as good as the monopod you're showing because again, the one you have there, I think is a little bit more sturdy than what a normal hiking mm. pole would be. Um, but that may be some other way rather than buying multiple things. If you're someone who likes to get out and maybe would like to buy some hiking poles, there are hiking pole monopods out there where, you know, one of the two of them has a little, uh, uh, what's the, what's the screw size on the top, the, the quarter inch, you know, uh, screw, whatever right. it's into the bottom of a, of a, uh, of a camera. So I think those are great suggestions and a way to, if you really want to take your photography up a level, you know, stabilize, right? Get a monopod, get a tripod, um, and, uh, and keep it with you. So that's great. Yeah, great. Good, good bit. Well, those are our brothers in tech suggestions. So bhphotovideo.com as a website for finding photography equipment. Uh, and then the monopod in general, I'm not giving a specific one. I'll say the Manfrotto, the one I, I'm going to link to in the show notes is one I, we use, I have, and I like a lot, but really, I guess the concept of a monopod is still something I would recommend, you know, no matter what the, 
manufacturer or length or height of it. I think uh, it's just knowing that that's a great tool to have. Yeah. Um, uh, in, in situations where you don't have the space for a tripod or don't want to carry a tripod around with you, uh, it's definitely nice to work with. Yeah. And that's our discussion on digital photography. Again, this is kind of our main discussion where we just kind of talked about the types of digital photography and the styles. Uh, as we go into our deep dive episodes over the next few weeks, we will be talking about uh, more specific. Uh, first one up is talking about shooting photos on a mobile phone device. Then we'll talk about DSLRs and, and kind of lenses and other things that go along with that. And then we'll finish up with a deep dive all about managing your photos on software or photo sharing sites and kind of what are your options are there as well. So Brian, if someone had some uh, feedback for us, questions, wanted to discuss further anything with digital photography, how could they reach out to us? Yeah, they should email us at info at themesh.tv, info, I-N-F-O, at themesh.tv, and send us a note on uh, your tips on photography. Maybe you've got some products that you uh, have used uh, in the past and really love and like to, to share with our listeners, uh, or if you have some questions uh, regarding digital photography or uh, more importantly, I'd say if you have some topics you'd like us to get into in the future, you know, we're still looking at uh, future months and developing those. So we'd love to, to hear what you'd be into so we can give you some, uh, give our brother and sisterhood some help that they uh, would like to have. So info at the mesh.tv. All right, great. All right. Well, that will wrap us up for today. So, uh, Brian, good seeing you as always. Yeah, I look forward to talking to you here soon. Um, yeah. We'll, and, uh, we'll we'll do it again. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Yeah, sounds good. It's a date. We'll plan on for it. And uh, thanks again for listening to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh TV. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.